We're joined by Scott Kellogg, who's with the uh, Radix Ecological Sustainability Center. And on Thursday, October 12th at 6 p.m., uh, Radix is hosting a paw paw tasting event. Um, so, Scott, what exactly are paw paws and um, what's Radix Center's involvement with them? Yeah. So, the paw paw is a native fruit tree found in the United States. It's Primary native range is in the Midwest, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Southern Ohio, Illinois, but there are stands of it found along Lake Erie around uh, Buffalo. So it is found in New York State as well. Uh, it is hardy to zone five. Albany is a zone six. Troy's is zone six. So it does just fine here. And it produces a really delicious fruit in fact the the largest temperate fruit uh largest fruit that can be grown in a temperate climate the fruit is a kind of looks like a, a mango or a papaya maybe from the outside a little bit it's 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 as big as that but it has a flavor like that of uh, i describe it as a banana banana mixed with a mango and vanilla custard together so really delicious and unusual tropical uh, flavor to it so we've had um, uh, a large bounty of of pawpaws this summer probably due in part to all the excessive rain that we've got and on thursday like you mentioned we're going to be having an event at radix six o'clock for free for people to come in and taste this fruit now radix is located in the uh, south end mansion hill area Yes, south end of Albany, 153 Grand Street. Now, I know you've been planting, um, you know, uh, fruit trees in, in the south end, both for climate and as a food source. Did you include pawpaws in, in that? Yeah. If not, yeah. We have actually planted about six of them as street trees as part of the south end biocultural diversity forest. And this is a good example of, of what we you know refer to as assisted migration, where we are on on the northern edge or possibly right outside of the northern extent of their native range. And as plants move very slowly on their own, one way that we can actually help them adapt to climate change is by planting them ourselves. And as we're looking into the future to, to a hotter world, to a particularly hotter urban climate, we want to be looking at some of these uh, more southerly uh, heat tolerant varieties of trees that would do well. Um, so we have planted several of them uh, and also ones that are going to be food bearing. So, uh, you know, it's it's an unfamiliar fruit. It's not a fruit that many people are new about, but part of this event is to just sort of raise awareness about it and to uh, have people recognize it and, and appreciate it when it, when it does produce food. Now, since, um, pawpaws sound uh you know quite tasty you know why why hasn't the you know the american agriculture system more widely adopted it and promoted it as a as a fruit to be sold yeah so the, the pawpaw is sometimes also referred to as an anti-capitalist fruit which is interesting to think about it is been very resistant to commodification and to mass marketing and this is due to a number of reasons one 
it's got a very thin skin, so it it tears very easily, which makes it difficult to ship. Uh, it also has a very short shelf life, unrefrigerated, two to three days maybe tops. Refrigerated, you can keep it a little bit longer, but for that reason, uh, it's it's just not going to sit on shelves for very long. And it's it takes a long time for trees to bear fruit. For our trees at Radix, probably took about 12 years. So that makes it less desirable from um, a perspective of orcharding. Um, and for that reason, it's it's really just a, a, a fruit that is best appreciated in a particular time and place, which I found to be a very beautiful and grounding experience that is, um, that's contrary to the demands of, uh, of industrial agriculture and mass food marketing. So at this uh, par partition event on uh, Thursday at six, you know, what will people expect other than, hey, here's some pawpaws, taste it. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about the plant, its history, its cultivation, really largely spread around the continent by in, in indigenous people originally, for whom it was a, an important food source. Uh, we may also get to taste some other uncommon fruits that uh, we have right now, such as um, kiwi berries, hardy kiwi, um, aroni berries, perhaps. So, um, yeah, we'll see what's in store. Maybe some surprises. Hmm. So should people consider planting pawpaws at this point? And if they are considering it, how would they best go about doing that? Yeah, I think they are a great tree to plant. They are certainly hardy to uh, the Capital District. Uh, there are a number of nurseries online uh, where you can get them. And I'll, I'll point out that the fall is actually a great time to plant trees. It might be a little harder to obtain them from nurseries, but um, this is a good time to get trees in the ground. Uh, we're also um, doing uh, cultivation of pawpaws ourselves, and, and part of the purpose of this event is to help us uh, separate the seeds from the fruit, which is really best done by people sucking the fruit off the seeds, to put it crudely. And then we collect the seeds, and um, we're planting them in tree pots and um, have a, a number of uh, pawpaw seedlings already under cultivation, so we are um, also you know, in the uh, growing these as, as part of our community nursery endeavor with the ultimate intent that we're uh, planting them as, as backyard trees and as tree trees. So this is also actually uh, a seed gathering event then? It is. It is a fruit tasting and seed gathering event. That's a good way to think of it. Uh, we have about three minutes. So what else is uh, Radix Center up to that you'd like to share? Or there's more about pawpaw you'd like to share? Well, um, we this week are beginning a nearly month-long cider pressing event where we're going to be having every first grade class in Albany School District coming to the Radix Center at, and using our old 19th century apple cider press, making fresh apple cider, which is a, a you know a great fun thing for kids to do. And these are all locally grown apples, a bunch from Radix, a bunch from um, the Albany Shaker Historical Museum, um, from uh, the Friendship Garden, from Gabby's Garden, from different locations around the city. And um, then we're also going to be teaching them, very importantly, how to compost the leftover apple pulp. So, you know, fresh cider pressing is kind of the hook. And um, we're also teaching them some sustainability science at the same time. 
related to composting, actually, uh, also this Thursday, the same day as the pawpaw event, at 4.30, we're going to be having a composting educational event where we're going to be having hopefully some members of Albany's Common Council coming to to learn about the Albany composting program that we have at Radix and then also Tivoli, Tivoli Community Farm. So that's going to be um, at 4.30 on Thursdays as well. So what are some of the uh, common mistakes or failures to take action that, uh, you know, backyard composters, um, you know, encounter when they first start out composting? Not having enough carbon. Number one mistake that backyard composters make is, uh, you know, in composting, we think about our browns and our greens, really the greens being the food scraps and the browns being wood chips or dried leaves or, or dry material like that. And too often composters use too many food scraps and don't add enough carbon-based material. And then they end up with a, a stinky pile, which turns them and others off to the idea of composting. So I always say aim wide with uh, the leaves and the wood chips. Add more than you think you need. And um, the worst that's going to happen then is it slows down the process a little bit. Okay. So when you empty your compost bucket into your compost pile, you should at least match it or double the amount of uh, leaves and other things you're also throwing in. Technically speaking, the ratio is about 30 parts carbon to one part nitrogen. That gets a little technical, but um, yeah, I mean, I would say at least add double the amount of um, of carbon-based material as you do to nitrogen-based material. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're, we're out of time with your website, Scott. Is www.radixcenter.org. So come and taste Popeyes if you're interested Thursday, October 12th, 6 p.m. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.